Speaking the language of leadership. Read by the author and coach, Colin Lutard. Part 3. Making it a routine. Chapter 11. Large team. Wednesday, May 26, 1632. LH-805 was just passing northbound over Kassel, Germany, at 3,500 feet. It was not a pleasant flight for the coach. Some 20 people, dressed in sports dress and club logo, were sitting in the rows behind the coach, moving around the cabin, talking loudly, and enjoying the fact that they were flying to Sweden to meet other teams. This is what it could be like when the managers met the extended team of managers for the first time, the coach thought to himself. Just before Easter, Krista had called the coach and he had told him about the idea to extend the journey and involve the next level of managers. Later on the journey, they had mentioned about going even further and expanding to project managers and key persons within DGC. They had quickly agreed that this was a good approach. This way, everyone would have the benefit of improving the leadership approach with the four sides of leadership, they decided. Christ had also inquired about different methods and tools for measuring the different personalities within the teams. They wanted to use that to kick off the first session with the teams of managers and the management team together. They were looking for a tool that showed the different attitudes in the team. The coach was not certified in such tools, so they decided to invite a specialist, Ursula from International Business Coaching in Stockholm, to conduct that event. The upcoming session at DGC was therefore going to be different. During the first couple of hours of the Thursday, they would look back at the past achievements of the management team and then, for the remainder of the day, they would all kick off the expansion of the group of managers who hadn't done any of the type of training before. This group of 15 managers in total, including the management team, would then continue the journey together. It was planned to start with a tool that showed differences in attitudes of different people, which they had surveyed with all the managers at DGC with the help of from Ursula from the International Business Coaching. Then, they would have a base to start with a leadership program on Friday morning. But first, before moving on to new activities, the coach wanted to make sure that the management team realized what they had achieved for themselves so far. That was planned for the first thing in the morning. Thursday, May 27, 7.58. The ladies' tea room at Fyrdal's slot was a little tight for the management team and the coach, but it would do for an hour, they thought. Markus Daum was excited. The management team had decided to move ahead to extend the journey and involve more managers. This was the last time they would sit protected in a smaller group of the management team. From now on, they would have other managers watching them too. I am really looking forward to today. I am curious to see how the rest of the team of managers at DGC will pick this up, Marco said. But let's round this off first, he looked at the coach. Thank you, Marcus, the coach said. I understand your eagerness, because you can see now what you can change. Before we rush on into new activities, though, let's take a moment to look back what you have all achieved for yourselves, the coach said, stressing the you. How would you characterize the management team today? The management team quickly listed a couple of points on the flip chart. They were quite aware of the changes that had happened. It was noted that they preferred consensus. They wanted to do things together and believed that this was their way to success. They thought they were more pragmatic in their approaches, but not always in their comfort zone. But they had become definitely much more open to changes. 
how would you describe yourself in this team? The coach wanted to know. They considered having trust to each other. And they had more fun and felt they were more closer as a team. They had learned to respect each other and aimed for common goals. Some of them explained that they felt empathy and were cooperating better with each other than before. That they had become more patient and reliable was also mentioned. When things start getting tough, what happens? They felt that they had a sound base to stick together and they were striving to keep the team's spirit. But they recognized that taking decisions took longer as they discovered more differences. They thought that they could still spend more time exploring and challenging each other rather than arguing and discussing. They could be more critical towards each other and the topics and still rely on the relationships they had. All that, they thought, would make them grow further together as a team as long as they invested the time in their relationships. You are more a team than you were last November, the coach summarized their work, and by the time we have worked with the other managers, you will have grown even further as a team. Now is the time to start the journey involving all the other managers. Let's have a look at the results from the survey that Ursula did for us. I can't wait, Marcus said. We have an overview from the survey showing how our teams are composed. The diagrams are waiting for us. Shall we start? Thursday, May 27, 9.01. There were already 10 managers waiting in the ballroom at Fyrdal slots sitting at the tables. The tables had been arranged as four islands with chairs of four at every table. At the front, there was a larger desk with two flip charts on either side. Behind the desk was a screen that covered a large window. It was obvious that the spring sun was trying to squeeze through the sides of the screen to lighten up the ballroom. However, the screen was covering enough of the window to avoid any direct sunlight into the room, but just enough daylight to be dim enough when the lights were turned off. The room fell quiet as Marcus led his team of managers in, Christa, Carl, David and Philippa, and the coach took the empty chairs at the tables amongst the other managers, and Marcus moved on towards the front of the ballroom and turned to face the managers. Marcus looked around, smiled, and said with a firm voice, Good morning, everyone. Good morning, the voices echoed back. All fell silent. Welcome to our leadership program. Marcus opened his presentation that was shown on the screen. He had prepared a 10-minute presentation taking the group through some facts of the training and how it fitted it into the overall picture of the company and the GenConverts group's goals. He spent a moment in explaining why they were doing this. Leadership is a question of organizing the people to achieve common goals, and the better we can be at that, the more efficient we can become. Of course, in the end, he said, it's all about the results. We cannot manage the results, but we can lead the people to achieve them. This is what we are aiming at. It's all about the balance between our people and the results. Our coach here is going to help us find that balance. Marcus continued to talk about the journey the management team had done in the past six months. He shared his picture of his inner team and laughed. It was fun, and you can be prepared to make some amazing or surprising discoveries about yourselves. We are not here to change any of you, but we are all here to give you an opportunity to access all the resources you have to become great leaders. David, Krista, Carl and Philippa and myself will join you on this journey. We are here in this together with you. The coach saw some improving nods in the room. Today, Marcus continued, we will start with a discovery about ourselves and your colleagues at the same time. You have all done a survey and we are all excited to see the results. 
To understand more about that, we have invited Ursula here, who will work with us today. She will explain what this survey is about, why we did it, and what we can take from it. Before I hand over to Ursula, are there any questions? There were no questions, and Ursula took over. If you hadn't known, no one would have realized that Ursula was German too. She was tall, blonde, curly hair, and sporty, energetic appearance. She had lived in Stockholm since her teens. She had studied behavioral science and got a PhD in anthropology. She knew her subject and she enjoyed it just as much. Ursula had a good approach with the team too. A good mixture of PowerPoint presentations explaining the background that was mixed with examples. In order not to be too single-sided in her presentations, she encouraged the group to position themselves in the room in the different quadrants matching the results of the survey. The spirits were high and playful when Ursula asked everyone to move around, following their preferred or stressed behavioral patterns. There were many laughs and many interesting thoughts. Why am I here on my own? Marcus asked one time in the afternoon when he discovered that he was all alone on one end of the scale and everybody else was on the other. What does it feel like over there? David called back humorously. I would enjoy some company and support. Marcus shouted back over a laugh, and only a few people in the room realized how deep this playfully voiced insight was. The afternoon was drawing to a close. Everybody had enjoyed the kickoff, and they had got a good impression how different people were, and they all had a good idea how their colleagues perceived them. Marcus thanked Ursula for an excellent start, and she wished him good luck in the process. Marcus turned to the coach and his management team and said, I learned an important part this afternoon concerning the variety of attitudes. I would like us to work more on that issue tomorrow. I would want us to make sure that we agree on the attitudes that bring us closer to our goals. Do you have any suggestion how we can do that? He turned to the coach. I think it is a good idea to be clear about the attitudes that you prefer. In fact, it would also give us and the managers an idea how the things are connected and what their role is concerning the attitudes. You see, too many companies have bold statements concerning attitudes and they are typical attitudes that anyone find good to aspire to. But at the end of the day, there remain statements that are distributed in a glossy flyer or a booklet that lands on the shelf and nobody cares what it means. It is checked in the corporate audit and that's it. Marcus and the team listened with interest, realizing that it was true and they expected more. So what can we do? Krista said. First of all, as Marcus said, we need to agree which attitudes you think are important. Then we have to spend some time to see what they mean and link that to the leadership tasks. I tell you what, the coach said, we're all going to have dinner tonight. Until then, I can think about your request some more and I can offer you a suggestion at dinner. What do you think? Good, Marcus said. That gives us a little break now to catch some emails until we meet at 7. Thursday, May 27, 1920. The chandelier over the table at the restaurant was lit with 12 candles. It was not really necessary, it was still daylight outside, but the dinner tables at Fyrdal Slot were always something special. The table was decorated with a festive arrangement with a cross of mauve ribbons dividing the table into four sections. The round table was decorated with a matching bouquet of pansies in the center. It was arranged like the four sides of leadership, the coach thought to himself, gazing at the white embroidery on the tablecloth. He brought himself back to the conversation as he heard Marcus address him over an assortment of Swedish traditional marinated herring they were enjoying as a starter. So what were your thoughts then on how we should address the attitude we want? You see, this is, this is the tricky part. 
you cannot manage attitude. Of course you can hire people who show the right attitude, but you're not really in a hiring position. Yeah, perhaps we can fire some, David suggested with a laugh, and they joined in the joke. Seriously, you have to know what you want to get the right result. The coach brought the attention back to the subject. Marcus, what do you think is an important attitude so that you can achieve the goals you have set? Be ambitious, the answer came quickly. Good. How do you know that you are ambitious? Well, I get things done. What else? I show a lot of energy and make sure that I succeed. I guess I have to be optimistic, too. Now, that is a very good start, the coach said. The more we think about that, the better we become in defining how we make assumptions and especially what we base our assumptions on concerning the attitudes of people. Let's take an example. If I was in a meeting with you, what would I have to do or say so that you could get the impression that I was ambitious? I would expect you to volunteer to take a task, Marco said. You should make suggestions how to solve problems, Philippa offered. Krista joined eagerly too and said, Of course, you should ask questions immediately when you don't understand the problem and when it is being discussed. When we solve problems, we want to have all the brains at the table working on the solution. I would want you to uh, not hang around and write text messages. Exactly. This is how it works. You have to know exactly what you want and what you don't want. And everybody has to be aware of that. You match the behavior you want to see with the attitude you choose. Then you give feedback on that. That is how you build culture. That doesn't sound too difficult, David reflected. He lifted his glass of white wine ready to toast. He had it figured out. Not really, the coach paused and watched David lower his glass. But you have to be very consistent in giving feedback and the frequency of doing it. Just that is easier said than done, because you all want the balance of encouragement on positive behavior far stronger than paging negative behavior. The thing is, everybody is trying to do their best. It may not look like it, but in general they are. People might be, you know, not effective or inefficient in doing things, and sometimes people make mistakes. But here, did you see, I would assume nobody is out to do harm to anyone. They all nodded. So let's assume they do things with their best of intentions for a moment. The coach let the words sink in. But looking at the challenging task, and when things get tough, someone might get a little overambitious. What would that look like? They could become pushy and take too much space, I guess, Carl was thinking aloud. They might be a little louder than usual. Would you want that? Not really. That would be just as bad as not being ambitious. And this is where leadership comes in. You have to know what you want and what you need, and when you need it. And you have to know what you don't want, and you have to know how to give feedback on behavior so that you get more of the good behavior. That is very important to me. Can we work on that tomorrow? Marcus asked. I think that is an excellent point to work on during the first session with all the managers. The coach looked around at the group of managers that were listening. We will do a group work to decide on the attitudes you all think are important to have in order to reach the goals. Then we will look into what that means in detail concerning the relevant behavior. And finally, we will learn how to give feedback. That is in the fourth side of the four sides of leadership. 
it is a good place to start actually because it improves the atmosphere in a group very quickly. And at the same time you start talking about your goals too. But not the financial goals or deliverables, you are discussing about your cultural goals. You are describing the soft skills you want to have in your team, which is so essential to be able to achieve your goals. Communicating the common goals is the first side of the four sides of leadership. And it is important that the goals are clear to everyone. It is even better if you can all get involved in creating that together at an early stage. Very interesting, Marcus said. He was letting the words make sense to him. Then he said, I have always had a question in this context. You know, we are also working with units in China and Holland and in the US. I am always asking myself how the different cultures play a role here. What is your opinion? Does leadership have to be different in different cultures? Indeed, that is an interesting question, the coach said. Culture normally is referred to as short-lived symbols, fashion and products, or longer-lived principles, things of habits, norms and trends, and even literature and architecture. And finally, their basic beliefs of the people and the needs they have as humans. When you compare the culture between Sweden and the USA, the coach continued, there are certain ways how things are done and they are different. For instance, as you know, there is difference how the people greet each other. There is certain cultural etiquette and that is different. But if you look into the basic beliefs of the people as humans, you find that the people have very similar needs, desires and wishes. However, the circumstances in which they want to achieve their desires and the resources they have at their disposal will differ greatly between Sweden and China. But at the end of the day, people still want the same thing. They want to be happy in their way. They want to be appreciated and respected. These methods, models and tools of its four sides of leadership address the people at the personal level. They are meant for the interaction between the leader and the individuals in the team. They are based on commonly recognized psychological patterns which makes them work in all cultures, considering the leader finds the local way to use and adapt them in the language of leadership. Because, let's face it, if you speak English in China, it will not always be understood as you wished. The managers at the table nodded quietly. This doesn't mean that there is no other way of working locally. The local habit can make it possible for another kind of leadership to have its effect. But on a personal level, between a leader and the individuals, this is a universal kind of language of leadership that is working in many cultures and it is effective around the world. Now, that is something we should drink to, David said. Universal leadership. They all joined in lifting their wine glasses. They could see the reflection of the candles and their smiling faces through the golden-colored Riesling. It was a moment to remember. They were really looking forward to it. They knew it would work. During the following two years, the coach worked with all the managers at DGC in training them on the language of leadership, the four sides of leadership. In the total, the process covered four different phases. After coaching the five managers of DGC's management team for six months, they decided to expand the process to allow training of all managers, starting the second phase. After further six months of training, a third level of managers was included in the process. This third phase included team leaders, project leaders and specialists. They all followed a similar program, yet the situations tailored to their different requirements. During the first three phases, the coach met up with the groups once a month during the first year. 
The fourth phase was characterized by meetings that were less frequent and even more driven by local situation and needs. They met three times during the following year, which allowed maintaining the concept and the competence around the four sides of leadership. The process, as described in this book, was based on a regular series of action-based learning sessions. It offered a lively mixture of theory, role-play, discussions, reflections and workshops on live cases from the daily life at DGC. You have been listening to a chapter of Speaking the Language of Leadership, read to you by the author and coach, Colin Lutard. If you would like to know more about Speaking the Language of Leadership or the method presented in this book called Its Four Sides of Leadership and reach out to me, Coach Colin, then you simply write an email to language at itsforsides.com. That's language at itsforsides.com. And we'll take it from there. Take care.